Hello, and welcome back to another episode of A Record of My Father. Here, we're going to talk about customers in life, in business today, and the experiences that my father has had in the past. How old are you? My God, 74. <laughs> 63. 69 Just turned 63 years. in November. Wow. wow. Yeah. Think about how old that is. That's I am three times your age. That's as old as Mickey Mouse. Yeah. No, so, Mickey Mouse is a little older. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't seem to age the same rapid amount way that I do. Not necessarily. I don't yeah. know. So what, what would you... Um, This was a specific topic that came from a listener of ours as well. Yeah. And it was an idea that he had. And you... I think it was Jose. Yeah. 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 And you... Yeah. You mentioned it and said that the the interaction over the years that who the people we've dealt dealt with and said that people would really find this interesting if you were to talk about, you know, what your thoughts were on customers. And I was like, okay, so what are my thoughts? Who are they? Uh, uh, I mean, in business, you know, I mean, in, in, in a basic way, they're just the people that you build relationships through offering a service or a product. You know, it allows them to create efficiency at their work or an added efficiency at their work. How do you do that? Uh, how do you meet them? Uh, you know, in the, in the businesses that I've had, it's been predominantly goal calling, uh, pre email. That's how long I've been around is it was mailing and direct mail, of course, pre pre and just calling and, and you get, you know, statistically you call and you talk to people and you ask them and you hit them at a time when, when they're dissatisfied with the current service or there's something you can offer that's a little bit better than something else. And they'll give you a shot or they're, you know, or they, they a lot of times it's, they want to, uh, in my early days, they want to create competition in a very, very small niche market. Cause I always competed in a niche market. So they would support the underdog quite frequently provided they could, do something different or better. And I would always sort of, you know, create the pitch, you know, in any product that we ever dealt with, which we should probably do something on product too, is, you know, how, why, what, when, and where much makes them better is that, the, that once you figured out a way to create this and give them a try, it's how you treated them and how they treated you over time. You know, cause I mean, it's weird when I, when I sit here and I, and it's like, I have customers that I've known longer than my family. I mean, not my, you know, my, my core family, but longer than you. These weirdos that you live with. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, I have people that I've worked with since the late eighties, mm -hmm. you know, you still talk to them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Last time I, I was at, uh. What was it? Legal tech. I, uh, uh, I met customers from Sidley. I met customers from, oh my gosh, they're in the retirement phase of their life. And we still interact. I have a friend from Scadden that goes back. Oh my gosh. She, before that, she worked at the SEC. It's like 30, probably 35 years ago. It's a long time. Wow. Yeah. She's a librarian. Wow. Maybe she listens to this podcast. Yeah. She does. She does. She told me. Well, that's fantastic. But um, I think getting back to something that you were saying that I caught was that they were supporting the underdog at this time. And do you still think that that even exists anymore? Do you still think that people do that? Uh, yes. I think when... Uh, Specifically in that industry or in all industry? To a point, you know. 
they'll support the underdog provided they see uh, uh, traction where they're going to grow and offer something better. And also, it will not be at the detriment of them. Because if you go back to, you know, the olden days, it's like uh, nobody ever got fired for, uh, you know, for buying Xerox. You buy the big name. And in, in the fields that I've been in and the places I've competed in, it's always been two or three really, really large entities that offered a slew of services that were, uh, and many times they buy up smaller companies and put them together. And I'm one of those guys that builds one of those smaller companies and sells it to them, but they buy up the, the best and put it on board. They develop it or keep it. And then other people come along and compete against it. Because that's kind of what you were doing at the last company you were working at, Intelligize. Right. <laughs> but uh, going back, I mean, you you started that company, right? And you sold it to a much larger company, like you just said. Well, I didn't. I was not the the actual starter. I came on probably I think about eighteen months in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was contacted when they first started on whether or not they wanted to do something, but I was still under non-compete, so I didn't move forward. Ah, okay. But that's that's more businessy than customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, we, when we think about, like, you know, in business and life, I think about all the lines being blurred because, you know, I, I treated how you treat people over time. It will, they will give you the benefit of the doubt in the short term or the long term on, you know, when you, when you come through for them, mm-hmm. we used to be, do things, we would have customers call us up and they'd ask us for, uh, uh, things to be done to the product. They'd ask us for, if they had a, a, a rep that they didn't personally like, if they had customer support people, they didn't like, uh, if they had, uh, you know, any one of our managers that they wanted to, you know throw a fit about, we would, we would accommodate, we would always accommodate. And I would, and the one thing I would always do is listen. And I would do this to, you know, whether it be a customer employee or anything is just like, I'll hear you out. I I may not, you know, you know, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't over like step into the company and make a subordinate who's under three other people or two other people in a hundred person company. I wouldn't go to them directly and say something. I would say, okay, so what can we do to make this better or different, mm-hmm. you know, and, and ac- to accommodate the customer. And I always, one of the things I do is I used to listen to the customer. Listening was a really, really big deal. And not only listening is being accountable. Uh, I used to do this thing every year. We would go to, we would do like, what do you call them? Uh, uh, we would do luncheons. I would do 15 to 20 of these a year all over the country and in the UK and in Canada and, you know, I mean, everywhere. And I would do them in the stretch of about 10 or 12 weeks. And in the beginning, I would go in there and give a rah-rah session the first time I did it. And then I'd take questions from the audience, which turned out to be not a good idea because people would only, they'd have a very narrow response to a question. They'd be what can you do for me and how can you do it for me? And, you know, in personal experience, I think is what you're getting at too. Yeah. Well, I feel yeah. like when you were doing these initial cold calls, that it was more of a personalized experience than what you see on say a database today. Or right. Something like yeah. That. Yeah. Well, they, the, yeah, you, you, and, and it's hard. It's, it's really hard because you're, you're on the other side of that phone is someone who gets tons of calls, gets uh, harassed quite frequently. There's always a new product. There's always a new niche. 
And if they don't have any money, you're, you know, or they don't have control over the final say, it's, it's an arduous process to bring in new products over and over and over to show to, you know, their 400 people that work that are affiliated with them when they're controlling, you know, product. It's product released to the individuals to work for work efficiency. So you, you have to have a little bit of thought about, you know, giving a shit about them. And their kids know. and, and their whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to um, partners, right? And it's like these. these well, yeah. Sections, a lot of people say that, you know, they say the partnership thing. And I'm trying to think that, uh, I mean, we had a number of them that were really interesting. I, I remember one partner, I guess you would call it. It was really, they had, uh, it was in the first company when we had a, uh, we developed an online service early on. A lot of people said, no one cares about full text search of SEC records and rules. Well, they were dead wrong. And, uh, and that, that, and, and the customers that we talked to thought it was neat and interesting because that's what they do. Right. Exactly. And in the financial marketplace, they were still buying Xerox, which was on CD ROM. And they were frightened to buy from us because they're like, well, but, but, but that's Xerox, you know, at the time was this big company called Disclosure, you know, they were the big company and they had CD-ROM product and we had an online product that you could look at a document that was filed seconds ago and see it immediately. You couldn't do that with them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, but, but they're Xerox, you know, and, and, and they went with them a number of times, you know, we learned a lot of things from that, from customers and how to sell to customers and how to have a person who is there that, that, that does exactly that. Yeah. You know, that, that was ways to build pe- more people interacting with a customer to keep track and to, you know, find out what, what would make them happier, happier. It's almost as if like newer efficient products to seem like a farce compared to like, I don't know, really big corporate brands because then like, They've been doing it this way for so long that you're like, why would I, how do I put my trust exactly. into a smaller company that I already have a, a built relationship well, with, with yeah, a larger everybody, one, They right? get a package overnight. They get it sent to them of all the information that they needed the previous day. That's the way we've done it for 15 years. Now you're telling me that you want to immediately give it to me. I don't know how to deal with that. And then, and then not only that, you don't want to give it to me. You want to give it to everybody that does all these requests to me you want you want to give that information directly to them so you're taking control away from me and putting it in their hands you're also dissolving a relationship that's existed for 15 years right so it's like how and what is the ability i mean like how do you look at that and say like oh well, let's make these people dissolve this relationship with um well, this I mean, giant the, corporate the, brand that's been I, doing I think work with thing them is for so that, long i mean i think that's a really important thing to look finding at the new information it 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 it, it made that it created different levels and new levels of work. Well, I think it was personability too, going back to that. I think that was what helped dissolve that relationship between large corporate brands for your niche or in your brand, your company was that you were able to say, Hey, hello, my name is so-and-so. And you were able to get to know them on a level of which I don't know, like a friendship level. Like, yeah. I, I, as, as I was telling about the, uh, it was a, large top 10 law firm and they had bought our service and it was in their library and they had to use, they had a line 
of people because they had one machine hooked up. They had it because they needed a printer that because everything was printed. No one was, we weren't emailing documents to anybody at that point because email was just in its infancy. And so they needed to print this all, every document needed to be print thousands and thousands of pages. And they had a line to use our thing because we printed better. We were faster. We had all these different things, but they printed hundreds of documents a day and had one single machine. And they said, people give up and they go over to the silly CD-ROM product and they plug that in because it's faster to print. And she said, you know, if we had a big printer, which I don't have budget for, and I can't, I can't buy. If we had that, we would probably use you a lot more. We would no longer have a line there and everybody could just print right from their desktop. Hmm. And she said, but she said, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't authorize the purchase. So they won't give me the money, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, what if I just give you a printer? And she goes, oh, she goes, well, and I said, you got to pay for the ink. It's your printer. You can call it whatever you want. It's yours. We'll buy. And we bought one of these giant HP printers. And they're literally like, I mean, at the time, it was a lot. It was a big thing. It was like, I don't know. You know, in the early 90s, it was like, might have been eight or 10 grand. Oh, wow. Which is a big thing. And then we shipped it to them and they got it and they put it together and they printed and all that kind of stuff. Well, they were using us to the tune of... I mean, I don't know if I want to go into numbers, but it was, uh, uh, I think it was like low five figures monthly, very quickly. They, within a month after the printer, she said they go up just a little bit. They tripled, tripled their usage. Oh my God. And we were a, we were a business that was usage based was how we created revenue. The more you used it, the more you paid. Yeah. So when that happened, I mean, it was a shocker because it was like, whoa. And they were, they were fine with it. They didn't care. They, they said, you made us, we're now twice as efficient. We do more stuff. We actually, we're taking more work away from other offices because we can consume it much faster because the platform that you have allows us to do it. And so all the other offices started calling us and saying, we want that, we want that, we want that. And in the early days, everything, we're weird to say this, before the internet, it was dial-up. So it was modem speed. So we gave out speedier modems because people said, if I can access it quicker, I can do more work. And if I can do more work and then people are like, Oh, you're an idiot. You're a time base. We build by the minute. So you would think like, Hey, if a person can go online and do something faster, then, then you wouldn't make as much money. You should slow them down. And we were like, well, that's friggin' stupid. You know, yeah. if I make it, if I make it so you can do, if you know that you need a document and you can get it instantaneously from me, or it'll take two minutes from Billy Bob, you're going to come to me every time. Yeah, exactly. That's why people use. And then people siphon. And then we just like, we just sucked the life out of a lot of competitors that were there. And uh, their best people came to work for us and we grew real fast. And it really worked well. And, and what it came down to is, is it was a handshake. It was a handshake in the early 90s with a librarian that said, you know, and she could have got fired the next day and could have, they could have said, this is a, you know, you're wrong and taken away the printer or whatever the case may be. And, you know, all these things happen 
through trust with the customer. And I've had like, I've had like cases like that point after point. I've also had the other side where people were just total shits, you know? But, yeah. But that's usually the minority of the number of people that you deal with that are customers. Try to rip you off or something yeah. like that. Well, yeah. Yeah. That they, they, uh, I remember one, we had a, uh, we used to have the service that when you cut on the service that after 10 minutes, it logged off if you walked away. Cause then people, cause people were like, well, you know, you, you're just padding the bill. And it's like, well, because you didn't log off after you logged on. So we made an automatic cutoff. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a Boston law firm call us and say that that was unacceptable and that their people were smarter and they would cut it off and blah, 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 blah. So we made, we, we added a feature for them that, mm-hmm. that we cut on and that every one of their uh, uh, access points stayed on all the time until <laughs> a weekend went away and a partner signed on on Friday and didn't get back in until Tuesday and had the bill. And we, we charge at that point, I mean, a dollar a minute. And what is, what is, uh, uh, four days of minutes came up and the librarian was laughing because this is the partner that said that they could take care of it. And, uh, she even said, you should probably, but you should bill us. And I'm going like, uh, yeah, we could. And, and, and really, you know, it justifiably so. And there were other services that did exactly that. They would bill you if you made a mistake and they wouldn't waver and say, you agreed to do it, but we wouldn't, we would, we would be reasonable at, which I think was reason because we were a smaller company and we didn't have shareholders other than the, uh, the three parties involved that own the company that could deal with it. And that's how we dealt with customers. Cause it's sort of like, and, and we just made sure that in that case, the librarian were like, well, you better get something for this. Not, not from us, but from that partner, you know, and they, they, we did this over and over and over, but we, and and that wasn't really a bad case, but I had, you know, I've had customers call in and be mean to the staff. I mean, that's the worst thing you can do is uh, the people I work with and my coworkers, whatever researcher, whatever starting out, most of the customers that we had are people that had multiple master's degrees. These people are some of the most, the highly, the the librarian community is, I I mean, the education level and the schools they go to and the quality and and the, the vast amount of knowledge that they know is just like, it's huge. And much more than me, I, I trip over most of the stuff. But the cool thing is, is that like, when they turn around and they do the work for the people at the office, you know, whether the law firm, they, they, those are their customers, right? So they would turn around and they would treat us the same way. So when they're dealing with someone that's new on my staff, he may not know, or she may not know everything, but they would help them. And I like that, you know, they would walk them through and say, okay, I want you to do this. And then when you get this document for me, and I want it to be this document and you know, the only way to get that document is you have to check this, 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 and this. You're only as strong as your coworkers, and I think right. another thing that you're getting at too is that um, you always provided the best product, 
and not the third rate product that other companies may have made. Well, I didn't want to compete now. Well, they don't track do. specifically. I don't know a lesser business strategy than one that worked the best. The we, one that was, yeah, putting your best work. The forward. customers, they, I mean, there are customers that want they want the Rolls Royce product and service, but they want to pay the Walmart price, and that's not feasible. I, not I, real, I, yeah. I came into a number of ones that wanted full service, or they had certain ideas about things that. I always get a 50% discount and I'm like, that's because you're paying 200% of the market price. So I'll raise my price three times and then I'll give you half off. If that makes you feel better, my price, my product was priced appropriately in a legal market where almost every single platform offered a huge, I mean, 50, 60, 80% discount. So, what that did is that gave the librarian, the librarian could then turn around to the business community, their, their partners and they're all say, look, look how much we saved you. You know, this is a hundred dollar list thing or a hundred thousand dollar list. And you only had to pay 50. Whereas we were, you know, we didn't offer discounts and they're like, what? you don't discount. That's wrong. But our product, I mean, if we wanted to play that game, we would have like, we had a, we had an access fee and a per dollar fee, a, a permanent fee. And people were always like, you gotta, you gotta offer discounts. It's cause that's the way the business model was. And we didn't in the early days, we did later, but only nominally, you know, mm -hmm. until we were acquired. And then, then it went down the whole discount route where they, they, I think we were $2 a minute when we got bought. Uh, and in four years we were $18 a minute. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But they offered a 30 or 40% discount. So I, I didn't, and I was just sort of like, well, you know, you, you're paying $9 a minute and you were paying two and you're telling me it's better. Well, I get a 50% discount and you were like, okay, I, 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 I just, there's the belief too. If you pay more for something that it is giving you a better service. I think that is, I, I found that down. to be mostly true yeah no definitely not always the top line and 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 you everyone can point to instances where it's it's turned out what what it is is did that amount more money that you paid give you an incrementally better thing tool or the security of product like whatever. are you safer paying more money for something than less money for something yeah i mean i have gotten deals mm-hmm but I would say over time, though, that I mean, that's that's worked well for me is to look at, I mean, sadly, price is a gauge for quality and it shouldn't always be, you know, sometimes it's not. But I would say the majority yeah. of the time, like the uh, what is it, the Central Park hot dog is the same in Central Park as it is. I don't know. Anywhere yeah, in Queens, anywhere else. right? Any hot yeah. dog stand is going to be the same, even though yeah. the one in Central Park costs like what? $15 and the one in Queens yeah. costs two. <laughs> I don't know. I think about and, that. But we, you know, we, we, we talk about the customers. We talk about the good customers and, uh, the bad ones. Uh, we, I mean, we told customers not to use us anymore. Just point blank. After being bought? No, before, before once we were bought, you get, you, you basically just suck it up and eat all sorts of hot dog sandwiches. But yeah, bad hot dog sandwiches anyway the uh uh 
the, the, I, I remember one, we had people call us up on the phone, uh, uh, live, not a librarian, uh, I, I forget the individual or whatever, but the situation was they called in and someone would pick up they didn't like. And this is, this is how we used to tell in the olden days. If you're a customer service person, if you work for us and the phone rang and you would, you'd go, Phil, it, for some, something's wrong with my phone because it keeps hanging up. And basically what it was is because the librarians in the community learned that you're an idiot and they didn't want to use you. Yeah. So we would immediately put the person in training or figure something out that way. <coughs> but there were others that were just, just assholes that would call in. And I remember they'd call in and say, when someone answered the phone, they're like, is anyone there? Gosh. And then, Oh no, no. I mean, I, I, I had one say, Oh, I don't, I don't, I wasn't looking for a woman. Mm. That was, that was, that was bad. That's really bad. Yeah. Well, we had to, you know, the, the person told me she did the work and she was like, wow. And I was like, well, we're, we're, we're going to fire that person. And she's going like, what? And I said, we're going to fire that customer. And I called him and I just gave him shit. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, no, you don't treat our people like that. We don't want your business. If you're going to treat, I didn't call her that guy's manager. I didn't call his manager's manager. I called him and he was. At first, tried that backpedal, and then I was like, I, I don't really, I've heard the situation, I actually heard it, so no, but we don't want your business. You need to go to somebody else. If you're going to be, if you're going to treat my staff that way, and people I work with that I care about, we don't want you. And they were, this was a highly profitable, you know, customer. And it was just like, we got to throw that shit away because you can't let them do that. When you get caught with your misogynistic pants down, well, it, it can be pretty it, ugly. What's it's and, and misogyny is one thing. And there's people that treat people like shit, you know, and there are law firms that treat people like shit where the, where the associates would come in and try to be, uh, uh, just bags of snot because, you know, they're shat on all day and you then they turn around and I mean, they pass the shit thing. on and you're just like, no, hell no. Mm-hmm. You know? You work for me. I mean, I think that's well. We used to have the uh, the people that were meaner paid more because you know research is sort of arbitrary in time and billing, and so and so they they would always have the you know the screw you fee and all that kind of stuff. So that was the that was the bad side of the customer side. But the most part, we would have the uh, the people that were our best and most wonderful, which is like 99% of the customers. And we, you, you would just, you would do everything that you possibly could to take care of them. And also you would, you'd, we became friends. It's because what are you without them? You're and I mean, thinking. it's not like we, we didn't, we didn't do like, I mean, I didn't go to church with them or anything like that. But I mean, I, I, I had many stories where people shared with me family members, deaths, their children dying that, I mean, that's the most horrible when you hear that on the other end of the phone and the person's finally got back to work after three days, cause that's all they could afford to take off. And you get them on the phone and they're talking and then you start getting, you, you don't sound good. Well, I'm having, I'm having a hard time. What do you mean? What's going on? And see, I'm a, like a direct 
that's that's it's one of my good qualities it's one of my bad qualities i will come out and ask the hard question and you know and it's all it's about my family you know when you're like oh man i've had conversations with people where they're crying on the other end of the phone just breaking down but they're in there and i say where are you you're in there maybe you should think about some more days off i can't do it it's like oh god you know the different things like that no definitely but you link, you link with people. And these are people that... And you tell somebody who's different on the end of the phone. You hear yeah. the audio, and you're like, oh, I know. Well, I would meet them all a couple times a year at different events. We'd go out drinking, partying, eating dinner and lunch and all that. Because once you break bread with people and know them and learn about their families and stuff, you get away from the, the businessy stuff. Also, I was kind of like... Uh, uh, I, was a, I was a party crasher. The big three, they would always have big parties at all these events, and I would always go, and I would crash them. And I would crash them at the invitation of the librarians because they were my friends. And they would invite me just to piss off the big company guys. <laughs> so they would sneak me in the back door, and they'd walk around arm in arm with me so they couldn't throw me out. You know, it was just, it was a comical kind of a thing because I was the underdog. We were the underdog, and I was a representative of the underdog. And the big companies just did not like that. But that was the, that was the link at which the customers would go. I remember we went to, uh, we went to Montreal where there was a, uh, one big customer was the disclosure guys were being bought. They were being bought by, oh gosh, I forgot. Maybe Thompson was buying them at that point or Primark was buying disclosure or something like that. But they had a, a, an ice skating re- event for librarians only. And the librarians invited me and I brought one of my associates with me and we go down in there and it's on the ice. And I've never ice skated before at this point. And we, he, he knew how to ice skate and he would pull me up and down the rink. And I was like, I would f- go into the wall. I would fall. I had, I mean, later my wife had uh, come up to Montreal and there were like bruises all over my back, my elbows, all over my butt and everything. It was really kind of, and she, she said I looked horrible. But the funny thing is, is now there was a there was a video team in that area and they were filming all of the customers right yeah and and they were gonna they played this in their booth the next day to the people that bought them and the funniest pair on the ice was me and the coast my, my associate we would go down and skate back and forth and all this and do all that. And he said, who are those customers? And they freaked out because I was the competitor. I feel like they knew who that was, right? Yeah. yeah but also, but also we were not only just a competitor, we were also the, uh, we had to buy services from them and we probably spent a quarter million dollars a year with them. So we were not anybody that was, we were in some cases a reseller, but we spent a ton of money with them. So that's what kind of irked me is, is that they didn't, if they would have were nice to me and invited me to these events ever and just said, Hey, you're a customer, you're welcome to come. I would have showed courtesy and not. Cause I, I had lots later in life. So it was a planned thing. It wasn't just, well, this. the thing is, is they treated me like shit. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the worst thing you can do to me is tell me no, or be mean to me and expect me to just take it because yeah. I don't take it. Never mm-hmm. have, never will. As we can see from the ice skating incident. Yeah. <laughs> yes. As we can see from that. But uh, I think we're we're going to wrap up here. Yeah. On that. And note. But, uh, that was a Why, great story. It's a good thing to wrap up on. Yeah. I think we, we covered uh, a little bit about the family, a little bit about 
yeah, a little bit about family, a lot about relationships, about eating hot dog sandwiches, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. What else? Life is just good. There's a hot dog, a sandwich. I don't know. I yeah. I think we'll ever know. That's it.